What happens when a Catholic deacon matches wits with a Catholic radio show host? You get a marriage made in heaven. They may not always agree, but they're always faithful. It's the Akins with their view from the pew on Modern Day Radio. And welcome to this episode of View from the Pew. I am your host, Brenda Aiken, and joining me, as always, is the man who heard my Christmas wish and got me a new purse for Christmas, the good deacon, Scott Aiken. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, for sure. And and you know what? I have to admit that uh, though it, what I'd like to take credit for it being my idea, thanks be to God, it was our son's idea who reminded me, did you get what mom wanted you to get her? which was a purse. I had called, forgot all about it. <laughs> and it was just days. It seemed like before Christmas and I forgot all about that was your ask long ago. Well, you know why you probably wanted to forget that is because on the back of our closet door is, is a hanging bracket that has multiple purses on it. And I'm, I'm sure you're probably thinking I don't need another one, but in my <laughs> female mind, I absolutely did need one. I don't know why I like to collect the things that I do, but I am going to work on it. When I came here to the radio station today, I was in a rush to get here and I, I opened up that door and all of these purses on that door just caused it to hit me. It came back and hit me. On the morning show, we've been talking a lot about resolutions and I tell you about the things that I'd like to do. For sure, this is one after I realized how many things I was collecting that I am going to make a resolution this year is I do want to try to minimize the things that I buy. And for you, I'll try to get rid of those things that I don't need because I think there are better ways that I could be spending money, especially if I can spend it in a right way in helping those in need. Well, I'm, I'm not one to speak different from that because I in, input is one of my characteristics, which means somebody who likes to gather things to give away to other people and to other needs. And yet I bet when you go through the purging process, you're going to find some things you're going to ask me to let go of too. So that might happen. (laughs) Well, that is going to be our theme for today's show is a new outlook for 2021. And I'm so excited today because we are going to get things started very quickly here. We have an opportunity today to talk with Deacon Frank DiGirolamo from the Archdiocese of Seattle, because part of my new attitude too, is to view all of those that I encounter on a daily basis with the eyes of God, with a new attitude. And we're going to try to tackle a big issue, and that's one of homelessness. And in the addition to what we see in the aspect of homelessness, there's so many components associated with homelessness. And in the middle of all of that, there is God's presence. And what Deacon Frank will share with us, I think, is just profound in addressing our need to know that it's not us bringing God to the person as much as it is us seeing God in the person who we go out to see. So stay with us. We've got a great show ahead for you on this week's View from the Pew. The hand may be quite continental, but diamonds are a girl's best friend. A kiss may be great. Jesus knew what he was talking about. God's commandments to love one another are not always easy to follow, often as challenging as a camel going through the eye of a needle. It's not easy forgiving our loved ones or coworkers sometimes. Human relations get complicated. 
Words get said that cannot be taken back. Egos get involved as hurts run deeper. Getting out of these messes is hard, harder than a camel going through the eye of a needle. But Jesus offers us up a solution. With God, all things are possible. So when we take our struggles to God in prayer and seek the counsel and help of God through the Holy Spirit, small opportunities will appear, like the eye of a needle. Possibilities, small openings, will be provided by God. This has been a bit of Catholic encouragement from Michael Gisandi. As you know, it has been a challenging year for many businesses and organizations in our community. That includes some of Mater Dei Radio's Leadership Circle members. These are loyal friends who support our faith-filled broadcasts through their financial generosity. To find a listing of our Leadership Circle members, please go to our website at materdayradio.com and click on the Get Involved menu. Your support of these members will be a great help to them and to this radio apostolate. God bless you. Family life can be hectic, but God can be found right in the middle of it. So take a moment for this week's View from the Pew. In my daily commute to Mater Dei Radio, I, like many others, take the I-5 corridor through town and across the bridge. Now, along that drive, it is plain to see the homeless shelters and camps that line the freeway. Now, some days I pray for those I see, and yet other times I wonder why the city won't just come in and tear it all down. But what we always need to try to work towards is a right Catholic response. Joining us today to help give a face to those living on the margins of society is Deacon Frank DiGirolamo from the Archdiocese of Seattle. Like Portland, Seattle also faces a similar situation in working with the homeless population. Deacon Frank, as part of his diaconal ministry, works with people on the street through Operation Night Watch Ministry Seattle and also with other fellow deacons. Deacon Frank, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Brenda. It's a delight to be with you. This is a big subject, and I am working very, very hard to have a right mindset, especially when it comes to what I see in a daily basis, as many people do. So first, before we talk about that, I, I would love to get an idea of, of your vocation as a deacon and how that aligns you to serve the marginalized and how that led you to the Operation Nightwatch. Wow, there's not a short answer to that. But I could say that um, I've been surprised by some of the um, journeys that I've been invited on um, during formation and since ordination. Uh, And a lot of those doors have taken me to places that I previously would have been afraid to go. Um, I think that God has always recognized that I was one who needed a little extra help in many ways. And I actually find myself thinking more and more that that's why I was called to ordination uh, he said, maybe this guy could use some extra grace, uh, some help, uh, some encouragement uh, to go forth. Um, and so if that makes sense, I found myself increasingly during formation um, aware of the stories of those who have been experiencing homelessness, rejection, addiction, trafficking, and the like. And I found myself just compelled uh, to accompany what comes to mind as you talk about that is, you know, the passage, gospel passage, talking about the disciples, um, and when the seventy-two were chosen and they went out two by two, and how they mm. how they were informed to go out, and boy, I bet 
you know, when you go out, you have to feel much like them with just a walking stick and a pair of sandals. Because what what equips us to do that? But right. God's grace in the moment, in the moment. And I think people they hesitate because they feel they have to have a, a volume of information and ability. When in fact, right. it's just us, isn't it? How does that right. work in in your experience? And doesn't that sound beautiful and also terrifying at the same time? Um, it it works uh, amazingly, and I've been uh, continually surprised and amazed at how well it works to just trust in the uh, interpersonal part of it. We do we do you know to be fair, we carry some emergency supplies, some socks, some sandwiches, some clothing. Um, but by and large, we know we don't go out with all of the solution or all of the answers to the temporal problems. Uh, so, Scott, to your, to your point, uh, at, the, at our best, we just try to be present, um, see if someone is ready to engage in any type of discussion. Their agenda is the agenda. Deacon Frank DiGirolamo is with the Archdiocese of Seattle and is joining The View from the Pew as a voice to those who oftentimes don't have even a face. We drive by. We won't even look at those who are marginalized on the street. And yet Deacon Frank on a weekly basis is going out and serving those in need. Did you have a preconceived idea about what you could do for the folks you met on the street and what it was going to be like when you started Mm -hmm. off initially? Our friends on the street like to acknowledge that it's all angels and demons out there. Hmm. Uh, So they definitely experienced raw good and raw bad, right? Um, So I did have a preconceived notion that I couldn't do much, if anything, right? Um, and I guess maybe it goes back to our earlier point that what I had to offer was time, uh, attention, uh, li- some listening, deep listening for what is being said, what isn't being said. Um, I knew that I couldn't deliver everything that they have lost. You know, again, God is just saying, just just go be with. And here's maybe the big thing for me in, in deep prayer. I was hearing God say, I'm already there. Don't be afraid. These are your brothers and sisters. Matthew 25, this is me in disguise. Don't be afraid. I'm waiting for you. Oh, I, I think that is excellent. And I think that it's something that many people need to remember because we would just as soon lock the doors and drive away than really have to spend too much time even thinking about what the lives of those living in those tents could be. Deacon Frank, in uh, 2016, the Archdiocese of Seattle uh, came out with a pastoral letter from the Catholic bishops of the state of Washington called Who is My Neighbor? And yeah. it's trying to get at, as you may well know, the addressing the face of poverty in Washington state. And I think just as you said a moment ago, um, to see the face and how do we do that even with all the baggage that we might bring to the moment. So as Brenda was describing, driving down the road in the middle of traffic, after a long day of work, you're kind of testy. It's hard to be present to those folks on the side of the road. But isn't that the the weak point at which St. Paul speaks of? It's at our weakest that we're mm. our strongest, and we can mm. call on God at that moment? Yeah. Yeah, well well said. And, you know, there's a lot going on there, right? First of all, it's um, in the midst of the daily routine. We've got a lot on our mind. And um, we're not maybe ready uh, to, to encounter somebody. Here's where maybe there's some some good advice I got from a friend a long time ago uh, who said, 
you know, just would you just say hi? It's a friend from the streets. I've been ignored all day. Would you just say hi? And, you know, if you don't have anything to give or if you're not comfortable giving, could we exchange names? And I keep remembering my friend who's in that situation say, the greatest gift you can give me is to wave, uh, maybe smile, uh, maybe say, hey, my name's Frank. Hope you're having a good day. You don't always get in-depth, but I'll tell you, for that person who's been ignored by the last 135 cars, <laughs> you might be just a, a good, deep reminder that they are known and seen and that they matter. Deacon Frank, I mean, I, I certainly uh, empathize with you that going out, it, you feel ill-equipped. And I think it's in the moment. How do we rest in the moment of feeling ill-equipped? Because isn't that what being a Christian is really all about? It's not about me feeling equipped. It's about me trusting in the equipment that God and the Holy Spirit gives at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, well said. You know, um, just a couple of weeks ago, we were we found ourselves in one of those uh, more transactional encounters where we gave someone everything we had. And it was a tough part of town, and we were kind of anxious to keep moving. But as we walked away, um, I felt a tug to turn back around. And I realized we had given them a whole bunch of temporal things, uh, but we kind of missed the chance to check to see if there was maybe something else. And so we went back. And um, Scott, to your point, you know, um, we had given them everything that we had uh, come equipped with. But when we just said, hey, I wonder, was there maybe something you wanted to talk about? Um, the dam burst, uh, burst forth, right? And uh, immediately we're realizing we're on this sacred ground of someone's story and um, all the trauma that had been done to them and that they had participated in and they wanted forgiveness and they needed a relationship. I know uh, that you and, and some of my colleagues um, who you work with are, are going out and, and doing this work, particularly you mentioned earlier um, about the not just the work with the homeless, but also work with those who are marginalized, those who are in the middle of dealing with economic hardships and are accomplishing what they think are the goals through prostitution. And you're trying to be present to them in a Catholic way. And I want to cite that, you know, the U.S. Conference Catholic of Bishops recognize that the Catholic framework for economic life is that the economy exists for the person not the person for the economy. Mm. And I state that particular piece because isn't that the juxtaposition when we're talking about prostitution? Mm. How do we see the face? How do you see the face of that person in that dire struggle in the pit of what that must feel like for them? Yeah, wow. Um, yeah, and this is a relatively new uh, arena in which we've been walking. I was just uh, reflecting on Song of Songs. It's a futile, you know, I'm paraphrasing. It's a futile effort for someone to offer all their money to try to purchase love. And that's been my, uh, my latest reflection on uh, sex trafficking, the sex trade, is that there's such a desperation for intimacy that people are not otherwise experiencing, that they're willing to control other people, sell other people, give lots of money to try to purchase something that is elusive. It's a, it's a machine that is generating, um, it's like the third largest crime in the world right now behind the drug and arms trade. And it's just leaving devastation uh, in its wake. Uh, 
Uh, the average life expectancy of someone after entering the sex trade is seven years. Um, And so devastating, right? And the the biggest thing, Scott, we know is that most, if not all of the money that is um, generated goes to the trafficker, not the person who is being sold. I'm thinking from my perspective where I'm driving my nice little sports car with heated seats and I'm I'm driving along the road. What I, I often do or I fall into is this idea of me and them, mm-hmm. right? And, and I have this yeah. barrier between us. And maybe both Deacon Scott and Deacon Frank say something to me about that that kind of helps me recognize that in God's eyes, it's all of us mm-hmm. together, that, that in his eyes, there's not a difference. As much as I'd like to think that my sporty car gives me a little bit of advantage. Sure. What For those of us in the pews, those of us driving yeah. down the road, how do we see this as more, more than, oh, those are people who are choosing to live that way mm. differently? Yeah. Well, you summed it up by saying, uh, God, in God's eyes, it's just us, right? And we, and we live in such a polarized society. Um, so it, first of all, I want to normalize that it's very common to see uh, a me and them, and us versus them. I could say this, the more I have geared my life to having especially moments to intentionally go out and to intentionally be ready to encounter it if someone wants to engage, uh, that's become the highlight of my week, is spending time with the people who I formerly thought as them. And it's truly, uh, Brenda, to everything you just said, it's truly a foretaste of, of heaven. Uh, this reuniting, reconciling of, of me and them. And it's, I'm truly having these little encounters of it's just us and God is so present. Tying that to what we just heard this past Sunday, um, the Gospels and the Epistles, the Epistle of Paul to the Ephesians spoke about how the Gentiles are co-heirs and members of the same body and co-partners in the promise of Christ Jesus. And the it just highlights in, in, a, in a very specific way what Paul was getting at to the Ephesians, that we can't see the other as the other. We have to see them as part of us. And isn't that the body of Christ that you're working to remind those who have maybe never been even presented the notion for the first time, giving them that on the street when you give them your presence? Yeah, uh, everything you just said and another surprise. I would categorize, before knowing them, I would categorize uh, people in every possible negative way you could think of. And Brenda, you alluded to some of them. They're choosing that. Well, I wish the city would just clean them up, et cetera. What I've, what I've discovered is there are so, um, so many incredibly deeply faithful people out there. Uh, it's almost like um, in their poverty, they're, they're in touch to a greater extent, and they'll say this, they're in touch to a greater extent with God's love, living daily, learning to depend on each other, uh, on God's providence. Um, and one of the things that they long for is to return a worshiping community. One of the common questions we get is, what church are you from? I'd love to come and pray with you. Sadly, they also sense that us versus them mentality in their daily life. They're often ignored and rejected, shunned. And so I see a big opportunity to um, invite our brothers and sisters 
fact. Some of them are Christian, some of them are other, but uh, deep, deep faith in the folks out there desiring to become, again, part of a worshiping community. One last thing before we close. One of the things that I try to look at life as is it's a journey that I am becoming throughout my whole life the person that God wants me to be. And it takes a whole lifetime to get there. Could you share with us a little bit just about how you were when you started the ministry, maybe first, you know, newly ordained, and over the time that you have worked with those on the street, how has your own life life view, how your own faith has been changed by serving those that you have met. Yeah, and thanks be to God, he's given us some time to to continue to respond to all of uh, all of the hints and uh, hits over the head that he gives us to uh, to pay attention. I'm learning to rely more on his providence on a daily basis. Um, I used to think that I had to have all my ducks in a row um, in perfect order before going out. I've transgressed. I've ignored people's boundaries out there, forgetting that I'm actually walking into their homes. Uh, I'm learning to respect the dignity of every person more and more. You know, sometimes we objectify, we contribute inadvertently. I think sometimes we can, we inadvertently objectify those who are experiencing homelessness, thinking that we can just go up to them at any time and, um, and find out things from them. Um, and that's just the perpetuation of, of their daily oppression. Right? Mm. So one of the biggest things I've learned is I'll walk by, I'll offer a hello. I don't expect anything back. If they want to talk, great. But if I'm going out there and I'm making myself available and they want to talk, I've, I've learned the, the value of giving them the gift of time, no questions asked, whatever they want to talk about. I used to be more selfish. I'm learning to be more selfless. Thanks be to God. Oh, absolutely. And it's something that I know I have to work at on a daily basis. Deacon Frank, I so appreciate your time today. Before we end our, our time, will you end us in a prayer? Happy to. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Lord, first of all, let this whole conversation be a prayer. Uh, we thank you for your promise to be with us as, as we have gathered here in your name. Uh, we humbly ask, Lord, that uh, you light our path as we go forth from here. You allow us to see the other with your eyes, Lord. And we ask that uh, with your grace, we may treat them as our kin, uh, as you desire. Uh, we might approach people with open arms, not expecting anything, but always in your name, welcoming. We thank you. We humbly but most confidently ask all this in your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. That is Deacon Frank DiGirolamo from the Archdiocese of Seattle. I will be sure to add information where you can find some of the uh, USCCB information on homelessness. I'm going to add that link to the podcast of this interview at MatsuJRadio.com. Where is God's grace experienced in your daily life? It's time for this week's View from the Pew. I have resolved to have a new attitude, a new outlook, and then yet 
and faced with the first bad news of the year, I turned sour. And that has to do with the fact that we were having a little bit of work done in our kitchen this week. And we have it all set to go. And I'm so excited because I have some new appliances that are going in, some things that we have been planning for for quite a while. The night before that work was supposed to happen, you got a call and found out that our our electrician was not going to take on the job. I was unhappy. And not only was I unhappy, you had made the decision that you were not going to let that affect you, that you were just going to move on from that. You were going to find the person who could help us and things were okay. And I was unhappy to the point that I, I think I kind of made you really unhappy about it. And we, <laughs> we transfer that. Isn't that a dynamic though we share in marriage? It's, it's to help the other hold up whatever they're having to con- contend with. And and we say that time and again as we raise the kids, but boy, last night was, I could just see the, the disappointment in you. I could empathize with that, but I didn't want to go where that feeling was going to take me right. if I entered into it. So I was trying to not open my mouth too much in my response. And it, it, it was, it was funny and it Awkward. was. It's funny now. How often do you say that in your own household? Yes, someday we'll look back on this and laugh. It took me a day before I could look back on this and laugh. But what is so important to remember is that flexibility is good. Apathy, not so good, right? And I was definitely feeling apathetic, like just send it all back. I'm not doing anything. And you just had to say, Brenda, it's okay. There's other people in the world that'll be able to help us. I'm not sure why I let myself get to that, but it is so wonderful for us, and especially for me, to have you there to lift me back up. And likewise, when I'm feeling like I'm pretty good with whatever happened and you have taken this, you know, an off-ramp on the road to <laughs> peace and harmony, I'm always there to maybe help you find the, the ramp back onto it. You know, every new year that we experience as adults, we hear the the notion of making a new year's resolution. And this year I've heard time and again on talk radio shows and, and on the TV, people say I'm making a resolution not to say resolution. Um, and it's funny to hear that because you, you have to think about what does resolution mean? Resolute to be resolute, to be focused and, and directive. Right. But at the same time that can have a negative aspect. How do you stay focused without being inflexible and resolution resolute does not necessarily always connote a positive. It can have a a negative where you got to be flexible sometimes. That's for sure. And especially this week after talking with Deacon Frank, how unimportant it is that I didn't have an electrician to come and work on my house, that God has still blessed us abundantly in so many ways. And that is just a great reminder to not get wrapped up with these things because, you know, in the scheme of things, it'll all work out. And God is with all of us every day. And that is going to do it for us this week. Please tune in next week as we share more stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew. God bless and have a great week. You've been listening to View from the Pew, a weekly look at faith and family life from a Catholic perspective with Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken. For more information on the Aikens and to listen to an archive of their previous shows, visit them online at moderndayradio.com slash pew. View from the Pew is produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio in Portland, Oregon.